Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along for the Monday wave edition. To the, wave to the people. Monday edition of The Ride Home. Wait up. We're still getting used to this. The Monday edition of The Ride Home. I'm John Hall. This is Kathy Emmons. And uh, behind door number three, we'll find out. Oh, for crying out loud, we're streaming live on Facebook. If you want to watch the show, get on Facebook right now. Right. Ride home with John and Kathy or um, 101.5 Word Pittsburgh. That's it. On Facebook. That's fine. Terrific. Hey, so we're in weird times here, are we not? Um, The coronavirus has sort of become this gigantic blob that feels like it's overtaking all manner of life, civility. I think it. Do you think it's all mass media hype? No, I don't think it's all mass media hype, but I think it's certainly mass media hysteria. I don't think there's any reason to be as hysterical about it as people are. Okay, well, that's good. I'll take that. No, not at all. Well, what about. uh, I mean, here's the. There have been pandemics in world history. Yeah. If if we're all afraid of hard times, then it's going to be hard to live because you're going to have a lot of hard times, and this is going to be a hard time for all of us. So buckle down and get ready. It's going to be hard. Yeah, but what about what what if the you know worst case scenario happened that there were all these deaths? What? So it's going to be a really hard time. Like there have been really hard times in world history. But this is what Christians are called to. You're called to serve Jesus in hard times. Christians do that in the darkest parts of the world. You've seen that with your own eyes. I have seen it. But, you know, it's it's different because it's here. It, or or it's not. It's not different. Right. Well, you don't even know if it's here yet. That's the thing. Well, it's you here. Know, where it's are here we? and it's going to be here. You're going to know people who have it. You think? Yes, of course. I think we'll all know people that have it. Well, that's scary. It's, it's scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like I'd, it. I, I mean, like of course, there, there's nothing to like about it, but uh-huh. it, it, it is what it is. I mean, the, I think that we're just, I think we, we're kind of, we're pansies about this kind of thing. Like, you look at all the countries you've been in. Yeah. Look at all the places you've traveled. I've seen a lot of heartache. Look at when you, you spent an entire week in Chernobyl. Yeah. Look at what those people have been through for decades. Yeah, but I'm just saying. And look, and you knew them. Yeah. What I were they like? Them. They were fabulous. Why were they fabulous? Because they endured. They were light and sweet and kind and open and generous. They were warm. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and it's yeah. the fortitude of humanity. But, you know, we've not experienced anything like that here in the United States of America. So guess those- what? The sad thing is that means we're not as lovely as they are. Because we recognize that suffering produces endurance. That's what the scriptures tell us, right? <sighs> yes, they do. I don't know. There's nothing to be – there's just no reason to fear. If you believe that there is a God and that God is good and that whatever happens to you, he's going to work for your good, all those things are guaranteed to you in Scripture, then however afraid you get, I get, we get, we have to reassure ourselves of the of the real word. Okay. We have to reassure ourselves. I'll take that. You go, girl. Thanks for that, for that encouragement. Plus, Rebecca Weimer posted something that I've reposted on our Facebook page, The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Our good Can friend. I share it with you? Yeah. Rebecca um, Weimer, who's a good friend of ours. She is. She says we're all going to die of something. The media likes to remind us. And so here I have a list of all of the fears that we all thought were going to completely take us down. Can I start with 1999? Please do, yeah. Y2K. 1999. Mm -hmm. Y2K. Did you do anything to prepare for Y2K, Mike? No. How old were you? 12. I was like 12, yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. So you were not prepared. (laughs) He was oblivious. (laughs) John, what did you do to prepare? I sat on my couch. On New Year's Eve, I bought 22 D batteries from Sam's Club. (laughs) (laughs) Good job. Uh, all right. No. Uh, 2001, anthrax. 
O two West Nile virus. O mm-hmm. three SARS. O mm-hmm. five bird flu. O six E coli. O eight the bad economy. O nine the swine flu. Mm-hmm. Twenty ten BP oil. Twenty eleven Obamacare. Yep. 2012, Mayan end of the world. Remember that whole thing? Oh, yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. 2013, North Korea, right? Because they were going to, you know, they're going to develop the bomb and they're going to nuke right, us all. Right, right, right. Uh, 2014, Ebola. Okay. Uh, 2014, or 2015, uh, measles. Yeah. ISIS. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. 2016, Zika. You remember oh, Zika? Oh, Zika. Yeah, sure. I was going to Central America during that right, time. Right, right. You want to talk about panic. Yeah. Were People, you panicked? I was going down there with my daughter. I thought, what am I oh, doing? Right. Uh, fake news. Fake news. Hashtag. Sure, sure. Uh, Twenty eighteen migrant caravans. Mm, here they Do come. You remember, they're coming. Oh, sure. They're com- they're on the way. Right. They're on the way right now. They're going to overtake. Uh, Twenty nineteen, we got measles again. Oh. Uh huh. Yeah. And 2020, we have the coronavirus. Okay. So does that help you put it in perspective? It, it certainly helps me put it in perspective. It does. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but so, so is the common it denominator. It doesn't mean it's not good. It, it doesn't mean it doesn't have the potential to be awful yeah. and challenging and sad Deadly. and all of those things. But your life at any time could become any of those things. Right. Anything. At, at any time. This is what it means to be alive and be human. Okay. That's when faith in God the rubber hits the road. Very nice. What I need is then I need that encouragement and that perspective on a bit of a loop. And right? get some Clorox wipes. Hey, Kath. Hey, Catherine. Somehow we have these in the studio. Uh, okay, wait, wait a second. Wait a second. So the peeps showed up in the kitchen I on brought Friday. them. Mm-hmm. You did. Yeah, I brought them. These gigantic. Where did yep. they come from? Um, they. My mom loved peeps. My mom passed away recently. Yes. And someone brought these for me. Oh, and I could him. never eat. I mean, you don't how like many of these can I eat? I don't know. My mom loved them because she had um, celiac they're glu- disease. They're gluten-free. Can I have a pen? Yes. Thank you. And so we have about 100 boxes of these. Someone brought these to you as a Jean gift. Haley, my friend. Did I hope she? she's listening. I like I like a peep. You're not a fan of peeps? Uh, it's, it's like if you took cotton candy and reduced it to its lowest form, it would become a peep. It's a good... I, I don't mind it. Okay, great. Look, my headphones falling out, and I look, look like I'm wired up for some sort of execution or something. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's some good eating. Great. That is. They're all good, natural. Mm-hmm. That's some good eating. I think perhaps they might be able to retard the spread of coronavirus. <laughs> I'll do this. I think it's okay. good. Over to see Steve. Coming up next, we're so I'm so glad to talk to Greg Clugston again. It's been weeks because I was away and then away. he was away. Anyway, Greg Craig Clugston is the SRN News White House correspondent, so we're going to go there next. We're going to talk about this week in the nation's capital. Super Tuesday coming up tomorrow. Uh, Obamacare before the Supreme Court, right. the coronavirus, yeah, Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to talk about with Greg. Stay close on today's Ride Home. If you're an employer... 101.5 WORD. An atom bomb. Not very big, but potent and powerful. That's how our teacher, Dr. J. Vernon McGee, describes the Old Testament book of Joel. Go through the Bible this week as we wrap up a meaningful study in the New Testament book of James and then head into the often-looked prophecy of Joel. I'm Steve Schwetz, inviting you to hop aboard the Bible bus this week. Through the Bible, this evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. Have you racked up more than $10,000 in credit card debt? Are you barely getting by, making minimum payments? You should know. The credit 
credit card companies are tricking you into thinking there's no way out. Credit card companies would rather you didn't know that there are ways you can become debt-free and you don't have to pay the entire amount you owe. There are debt relief programs that help people like you escape overwhelming credit card debt. National Debt Relief has helped tens of thousands of people just like you reduce more than $500 million of debt. National Debt Relief has helped so many people, they're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. You don't have to declare bankruptcy or take out a consolidation loan. You have the right to settle your debt for a mere fraction of what you owe. Reduce a large portion of your debt now. Call National Debt Relief at 800-797-5868. 800-797-5868. That's 800-797-5868. Hello? Is this thing on? Okay, uh, could I get a little more volume? Oh, whoa! Okay, never mind. It's fine. Just there, right where it is. Hey, if your AV system sounds like this... Or if it sounds like this... Or if it sounds like this, you need good sound. Uh, guys, I think we lost. Uh, okay, hey, we're back. You need good sounds. Good Sound specializes in design and installation of audiovisual equipment for churches and schools. You might not need new equipment. An expert adjustment might be all you need to get the most out of the equipment you already have. So visit goodsounddesign.com. Oh, come on! Uh, that's goodsounddesign.com and click the $99 evaluation to schedule a general tune-up and review of your current AV system today. Because remember, if it can't be heard... Let's try that again. If it can't be heard, it can't be good. Good sounds. Book now at goodsounddesign.com. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Upon your passing, you wouldn't want a judge to decide who raises your children or how your estate gets divided. It is important to review your estate planning documents to ensure they protect what matters most. At Abernathy and Hagerman, we will work with you to establish an estate plan that nominates a guardian for your minor children and that your assets are used for your family's benefit. Judge for yourself. For legal help that lasts a lifetime, visit a-h.law. The market goes up and the market goes down. But one thing remains the same. Record low unemployment means there are still more job openings than people to fill them. And that means you have leverage. They're vying for your attention at WordFM's virtual job fair. Visit wordfm.com slash virtual for great local companies ready to offer you an employment upgrade. Isn't it time you got a raise? The virtual job fair, where many are called, but you are chosen at wordfm.com slash virtual. Capital. We join Greg Cluxton, who joins us as the White House reporter for SRN News. It's our weekly update. Hey, Greg. Good to talk to you. How are you? I'm doing well. Hi, John. Kathy, great to be here. Thank you. Greg, it seems like I haven't talked to you in about a year, so it's great to hear your voice, especially when there are uncertain times like these. Talk about how the uh, the outbreak of the coronavirus in America is making people maybe even more nuts in the nation's capital. Yeah, this, these are troubling times. There's no question. We we just sort of caught our breath after the whole impeachment proceedings, and now we're launched, you know, full head headlong into not only you know the the presidential primary season, but now this very serious uh, health uh, you know virus outbreak and and the health concerns that accompany it. Um, you know, you've got a couple things happening here. You've got um, the numbers here in the United States um, starting to expand. Slowly, although they are expanding, even though the, the rates and the numbers are lower in the U.S. than uh, in other hotspots around the globe, 
Um, we've seen just a spike today, for example, in the Seattle area with more deaths and more confirmed cases and other states, uh, including New York City, reporting as well. So you've got the president um, currently right now uh, meeting in the West Wing with uh, members of his coronavirus task force and members, executives of pharmaceutical companies. Uh, they're talking about what it would take to uh, fast track vaccine development which would be months away, if not more than a year away. But uh, there are those discussions ongoing, and this task force is continuing to meet, and uh, we're also expected to hear from them about an hour from now uh, here in the White House, along with Vice President Pence, in terms of the very latest, at least in terms of the governmental response. Mm -hmm. So if anything, it's good to know the administration feels as though they're on top of things. That's what the president has been emphasizing uh, in particular. He, he, he likes to say that, you know, the numbers are low, and in comparison to other countries around the world, they are low. That's true. Um, although he, uh, he has trouble um, acknowledging the, uh, what a lot of the top U.S. health officials have been saying for some, for some weeks now, is that uh, there's just no question the cases, the number of cases, is going to increase in the U.S., as we've seen just today and especially over the last few days. So the president is not denying the fact that it's happening, but he obviously is, is wanting to, uh, to project confidence in terms of the government response and also has been very vocal about attacking Democrats and members of the media. Uh, he and his team have been accusing the media and Democrats of, of trying to hype up the panic over this. Uh, and he says, and some of his circuits have argued, that even Democrats would like to uh, use it as a political weapon to try to take down the presidency. Uh, Democrats, in response to that, say that's crazy, although they do have their criticisms of the government's response so far. I think it's obvious that it's already being used as a political football. I don't think that's some kind of crazy, you know, uh, odd, Conspiracy. you know, hot take. I think this is what has happened with everything in Washington. I mean, for sure, over the last four years, but just historically, this is what it is. No, you're right. There's no question it's already become that, and um, perhaps there's there's hope <laughs> among among some that it can be you know curtailed for for the benefit of you know having you know lawmakers and government officials come together on behalf of you know the American people in terms of you know a health concern that affects just about everybody. But um, you know there are so many similarities with the regular flu and this flu, but also some key differences, and those key differences are. Still still hard to detect in terms of the spread and the containment and the ultimate treatment of the virus. And so that uncertainty is, of course, fueling concern um, at, the, at the highest levels of government. Uh, and also we've seen it on Wall Street, although I'll note that uh, the Dow jumped about 5% higher today, up 1,300 points. Wow. Uh, which was, you know, which is is not as much as it, it lost last week as as a market, but it was a it was a big uh, bounce back today. So perhaps even investors are saying maybe there was some overreaction to all of this, at least from a financial perspective. And there's also some desire on the part of investors and businesses that the Federal Reserve could could reduce interest rates uh, by a portion that could possibly help turn things around, at least to stabilize things from an economic perspective. Fabulous. Greg Clarkson is with us, SRN News White House correspondent. Greg, let's move forward and talk about the politics in the nation's capital. The uh, Super Tuesday voting gets underway shortly. Uh, there's been a big shift in the Democratic presidential hopefuls. 
Yeah, there sure has. Uh, last night we saw Pete Buttigieg uh, assist his campaign, mm-hmm. and today Amy Klobuchar, senator from Minnesota, announced that she is ending her White House bid as well. We have uh, confirmation from her campaign that she will be in Texas tonight with former Vice President Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. Um, endorsing his campaign, and there are reports right now that Buttigieg is also headed to Texas tonight to also endorse Biden. And so this is a real turnaround from where Biden's campaign was was just a few days ago before the South Carolina primary. Uh, There were some polls indicating that he was um, barely leading Bernie Sanders in South Carolina, but as it turned out, Biden was the runaway favorite on Saturday. And then now that you have Uh, A narrowing of the field, along with Tom Steyer, the billionaire, Mm -hmm. also getting out of the race. We're down to five candidates. So there's a real there's there's a real effort to consolidate, you know, moderate candidates and supporters of moderate candidates potentially around Joe Biden. And so uh, even now, that's not to say that Bernie Sanders is not in a very strong position because uh, he has been able to focus because of his lead and because of his um, extraordinary fundraising for months and months and months. Mm He has been able to uh, advertise in 12 of tomorrow's 14 Super Tuesday states, and he's also been able to uh, strongly emphasize uh, his campaign efforts in California and Texas, the two biggest delegate prizes tomorrow. And uh, he's currently leading in those uh, in those states. Obviously, with Klobuchar and Buttigieg getting out of the race, potentially uh, giving a a better opportunity for Biden, um, you know, those numbers could be scrambled for tomorrow. Greg Clugston with us, SRN News White House correspondent. All right, let's talk about Super Tuesday. So it's a big day. You brought up California. Um, That's, of course, the big prize that everyone's looking for. But I I, I need to go back and just reiterate the fact that, according to conventional wisdom, Joe Biden was dead in the water five days ago. So maybe, I don't know, Greg, how do you look at that? Does it make you frustrated in the 24-hour news cycle? Does it make you think, boy, people get all carried away about something, and they should just, like, sit back a little bit and wait to see what develops? Yeah, it's more like a 24-second news cycle, isn't it? I mean, well, for example, you you look at, uh, this is is what happens with the the first four voting states when they are one state at a time on a single solo day. Uh, which we saw with Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, and South Carolina. And whoever was the winner or at the top of the pack in those early states, they got all the attention. They got all of the, you know, momentum-shifting stories and news coverage, including Klobuchar, who had a very, um, you know, strong debate at one point before the Nevada uh, caucuses, and then nothing happened to her. But all of a sudden, they were talking, hey, maybe she can jump into the uh, the top three. Um, and th- and so you're right. We, we jump from, from one to the next. And uh, tomorrow is going to start to sort things out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, uh, not not finally, but uh, more perhaps more completely, uh, because what you have is tomorrow more than 1,300 delegates are up for grabs, and that's a third of the total needed to win the Democratic presidential nomination. Who has has more delegates, Greg, Texas or California? California. California has over 400, okay. and Texas is a little over 200, about half. So California obviously is the big one, and Bernie was uh, holding rallies in San Francisco and Los Angeles over the weekend. So, Greg, the candidates that have dropped out, those delegates go where? Well, this is what happens tomorrow in, in, in most of these primary states, is that under the Democratic rules, um, any candidate has to uh, get at least 15% of the vote. That's the threshold 
for them to earn delegates. Um, and then if you do earn those delegates, if you're above the 15%, uh, then those delegates uh, will obviously go to those, uh, those individuals. Now, individuals who drop out of the race after receiving delegates, uh, that's where these endorsements come into play. Um, and there are, there are some different rules for, for different states, and you've heard about, you know, in past elections, the, de- the delegates and the superdelegates, and, right. and it's sort of an arcane process within the Democratic Party. But um, a lot of those dele- delegates can be shifted from one candidate to the mm-hmm. next. So that's why, for Biden's perspective, having two moderates in the race drop out right before tomorrow's voting uh, really you know, even if, for example, Biden doesn't pick up all of the votes that Buttigieg and Klobuchar would have would have picked up tomorrow, he can at least get some of them, and that could help chip away a delegate count for what a lot of people see as a big day potentially for Bernie Sanders. So, Greg, you're saying that the the, the 26 delegates that Buttigieg has at this point, he can decide where they go depending on who he endorses. Yeah, and again, some some of the rules change state by state, okay. and uh, when it gets to the convention. Um, <laughs> You know, there's already been talk of a potential brokered convention, and there are various rules and stages of voting that would take place there. Uh, but it, it often is the case, um, if, if, if you've got delegates that are assigned to Buttigieg, for example, and Buttigieg mm-hmm. is out of the race and strongly calls on his supporters to rally behind uh, a certain nominee, whether it's Biden or, or whomever, um, you know, delegates are, are are certainly not going to want to go against the you know, the candidate that they had obviously put their their faith and trust in sure. and their hopes in. Uh, and if you listen to Buttigieg last night, he was saying uh, that his supporters really need to kind of turn the corner now and pivot to unify the party in the country. Mm-hmm. And so, by and large, this is what we see with these delegates' uh, presidential cycles because. Um, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, you know, to have them go to, you know, somebody who's not going to be on the ballot come November. I just thought of something. What's that? I wonder how the coronavirus could affect voting. Yeah, right. People would stay at home, right? Who knows? Or how how it could it, it could affect the conventions? You've got tens of thousands of people headed to Milwaukee for the Democrats and Charlotte, North Carolina for the Republicans. I know that's several months away, but it is a question. Of course, it is. Yeah. So, uh, Greg, let's uh, switch from um, from Washington D.C. and national politics to the world stage. Over the weekend, it was announced that the uh, Trump administration had brokered a, a deal for the United States to essentially leave Afghanistan at some point in the very near future. Can to give us the details. Yeah, so this peace agreement is the first step of, uh, of hopefully several that the the various parties, the various groups in Afghanistan and the United States, uh, obviously being a, a, a part of these discussions, given our large troop presence there. And so um, what the agreement happened with over the weekend followed um, a week to 10 days of sort of a trial period of a stand down of violence to see if the Taliban was serious about halting violence and moving forward with with peace negotiations. So those negotiations, those, you know, that violence basically stopped for seven to ten days. And so this agreement was signed. And so what the U.S. is agreeing to is that uh, they will reduce troops from about 13,000 down to between eight and 9,000 over the next few months. And then at that point, if 
talks are still going going along and and the place hasn't you know dissolved into more violence then further troop reductions will take place so this is something obviously president trump has uh, was he campaigned on back in 2016 about stopping endless wars in terms of us involvement and uh, he's he's excited about the prospects although military officials here in the us warn that it's going to be a bumpy road and that there will still be flare-ups of violence that's to be expected but hopefully it is a step in the right in the right direction that's Greg Clugston, SRN News White House correspondent. Greg, a pleasure to speak to you as always. Our best to you as you navigate all this, especially tomorrow on Super Tuesday. Thank you. Have a great week. You as well. Check out Greg Clugston, wordfm.com, part of the Salem Radio Network. Take a quick break. Come back. Uh, we're going to talk about something called Reengage, headed to Pittsburgh soon. It's time to stand with Israel. Sebastian Gorka here, inviting you to register for a life-changing trip to Israel December 2nd to 11th. Join me, my friend Mike Lindell, and hundreds of patriots on the Stand with Israel tour, a journey to the Holy Land to get first-hand insights into Israel's fascinating past and promising future. Register today at sebgorka.com. On the Stand with Israel tour, history, culture, and faith will converge right before your eyes in a truly remarkable country. I'll take you behind the scenes to explore over 40 iconic sites during an all-inclusive 10-day tour this December. We'll pray at the ancient Western Wall, sail the picturesque Sea of Galilee, float on the Dead Sea, explore modern Tel Aviv, and much more. Best of all, we'll be together with like-minded supporters of the nation of Israel. Reserve your spot today and travel with me on the Stand with Israel tour. Visit sebgorka.com and click Click on the Israel banner. That's sebgorka.com, S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A.com. The team at MyPillow is grateful for you. So grateful, they have an amazing offer. Buy one, get one on their incredible sheet sets. Mike Lindell has come out with the world's most comfortable bed sheets. He finally found the best cotton in the world in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all come together to create the ideal weather conditions for growing cotton. His new Giza Dreams bed sheets are made with this long staple cotton, and he guarantees they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. The first night you sleep on my sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. The Giza Dream Sheets are available in a variety of colors, and like all of Mike's products, they come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Right now, you can buy one, get one free, by calling 800-391-0954 and use promo code WORD. For a limited time, you can buy one, get one free. Call 800-391-0954 or go to MyPillow.com, but make sure to use the promo code WORD. Hi, this is Joe Belanti with J&D Waterproofing at 1-800-BERRY-DRY. In honor of our 81 years serving the tri-state area, we are offering great savings for all our new and past customers. Call 1-800-BERRY-DRY. That's 1-800-BERRY-DRY to get your savings on basement waterproofing, bowing or cracking walls, and or footer stabilization projects. Or visit us at jdwaterproofing.com. J&D Waterproofing, family owned and operated since 1939. The message Liberty Mutual Insurance customizes your coverage so you only pay for what you need is brought to you by Liberty Mutual Insurance, where you can customize your coverage so you only pay for what you need. Liberty, 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 Liberty. College, career path. These are major decisions high school students face. Help your child go from anxious and overwhelmed to confident and clear about the future with help from experienced career coach Emily Milius. Visit launchconsulting.io to learn more. Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, TuneIn, and on radio.com, in the car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh.
Tonight, mostly cloudy with a couple of showers, low 46. Cloudy and mild tomorrow with a few showers, high 55. Plenty of clouds tomorrow night, chilly, low 35. Wednesday, cloudy with occasional rain and drizzle, high 48. Thursday, sunny to partly cloudy, high 49. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Brian May. Saturday, March 7th at the Senator John Hines History Center. Empowering veterans, engaging civilians. A one-day conference called Re-Engage is about to take place. Here to talk to us about that is Adam and Alexandra Zafudo. Zafudo. No, you got it at the end. Then. <laughs> at the end. I worked my way through there. The Zafudos are producing this event, helping to uh, bring veterans into the forefront in a, a very perilous situation. And uh, Adam and Alexandra, welcome to the show. Good to see you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, Alex, let's start with you. Uh, why did you come up with the idea with the, for this? Why is this necessary and important for veterans? Alex? We lost Alex. I think we did, yeah. Do we have Adam? Adam, you there? Hey, yes, I'm here. Okay, you hear my question, Adam? Uh, I didn't. Okay, the question is, why now? Why is this important for veterans? Uh, We think this is important for veterans because it's it's an issue that I've noticed was one of those, uh, disconnected to the community, was one of the issues that I thought was the real issue that I struggled with the most when I got out of the military is I, I left... Uh, being in an infantry platoon where you're surrounded by your friends and guys that you've served in combat with. And then I came back home here to Pittsburgh, and I didn't have a lot of connection with my community at all. And so that was one of the the parts that I I really thought was missing in my own transition and a lot of guys that I've seen getting out of the military is they they lose this immediate connection to a community that surrounds them. Yeah. So that that loss of community, it, it does what to a guy or a gal, Adam? I mean, uh, clearly you're used to sort of um, a sort of regimented uh, lifestyle. All of a sudden you're released. Yeah. You've gone through an experience. Your, your world's got to be topsy-turvy. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's something that I, that, you know, is one of those things that I struggle with with a lot of guys that I that I served with, struggle with is lack of purpose. You You come out of the military when every single day everything matters. So much. Everything you do is life and death. It's it's based around trying to 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 secure our nation or to complete these incredibly important missions overseas. And then you return home, and I didn't particularly have much purpose in my life as to what I was doing or why I was going and doing things. I was going to school at Duquesne, but I couldn't kind of picture what is the purpose of of me doing this. Why am I? going to take these classes? What am I working towards? And when I didn't have that, it became a struggle just to try to figure out a reason. Why am I going to get up today? Why am I going to get out of bed today if I don't have a purpose? If I don't know what I'm working towards, what is the goal and what is the purpose? And that was something we wanted to expose more veterans to is the idea of, hey, when you get out, that portion of your life, whether like for me spending six years in the Army or for some guys who only spend three well, some guys that spend 20 years in the military, your your potential and your purpose is just beginning. When you get out of the military, you have this purpose. And you're able to, to reach and utilize some of your potential. But I now see. that you're out and you're in the civilian world, there's 
an incredible possibility of things that you can be doing and utilizing your potential. So the one-day event is taking place March 7th, Saturday, March 7th, 8 o'clock until later on in the evening. And uh, it's for veterans and for civilians. Alex, talk to us about this. As a wife of a veteran, what did that do to you? How did it shade your marriage? Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, Adam's experiences in the military have obviously heavily influenced our relationship and our experiences together. And Adam and I started dating a month after he got out of the service. And so I was basically there for his whole transition out. And, you know, he just talked about how much he struggled with rediscovering his purpose. He also struggled with how much he should open up and share with me. And, you know, he was processing all these things he'd experienced in in combat, as well as he was dealing with um, being removed from spending every day with his brothers in the Army. And he was super close with them. And so when he got out and moved home, he was now removed from these really close friendships and he didn't have them the people who had really understood what he had gone through were no longer around. And I was now one of the closest people to him and spent the most time with him. But, you know, there were times he admitted that he was feeling completely alone, even though we were together and he was back with his family. Um, he, he didn't, he didn't feel understood. And so that was really hard for me to process, you know, as his partner um, of how to, how to know what he had been through and how to really support him and be there for him. Reengage, empowering veterans, engaging civilians. Coming up March 7th, 8 a.m. to 3.30 p.m., we're talking to Adam and Alex Zafudo. They're the founders of Reengage. Adam, let's talk about the lineup on March 7th. It's a a lot of A lot of things that you've said about the difficulty of missing the brotherhood, missing the team. We've heard that from countless NFL veterans who've been on the show, right, who've said the hardest thing about retiring is missing that camaraderie, right? And I see that you've yes. got some major yes. sports heroes are going to be part of your day. Yes, yes. Uh, Rocky Flyer is going to be doing our keynote speech um, at the end of the day. We're really also really excited about Jeremy Statt uh, giving our talk mm-hmm. in the morning. He was a Pittsburgh Steeler, and he was Pat Tillman's roommate at Arizona State. And, okay. uh, Pat's death really kind of impacted his path in life and, and how, after playing in the NFL, he decided to go join the Marine Corps and be an instrument in the Marine Corps. And that's one of those those things that I think he's really going to touch on is, hey, that, that brotherhood that you have with your friends that it's built in a locker room, it's the same thing that guys struggle with when they're removed from serving in the military is that camaraderie of when you don't have these support systems and these support structures around you. Fabulous. So Jeremy Statt, Rocky Blyer, Tunjokin, it's a full day of great speakers and teachers throughout at Re-Engage March 8th at the David L. David L. Sorry, the Senator John Hines History Center. So uh, Alex, talk about cost and registration. Uh, fill us in on those details. Yeah, so registration actually closes on Wednesday. So there are two days left to register. Um, it's $25 for a, or for a veteran and $35 for a civilian. That includes breakfast, lunch, and materials. And so um, we're really excited. We've got over 120 people registered so far. Nice. So it's going to be a really great group of people. All right, terrific. Well, the good news is we got a pair of tickets even now in our small, grimy fingers here in the yes. Word FM studios. Alex, Adam, thanks an awful lot. If you don't win these tickets, we would encourage you to go to reengagepgh.com, reengagepgh.com to attend this event uh, March 7th at the David L. Lawrence Convention Center. I'm sorry, Senator John yeah. Hines History Center. <laughs> you keep moving I'm his location. I, I don't know why that is. Anyway, Re-en- we got these uh, two tickets that we're ready to give away. And let me give you the phone number, 800 320 
800 free tickets to re-engage. Coming up, what number? How about caller number seven? Caller number seven. Join us right now. Won't you please re-engage PGH.com on the web if you don't get those tickets. But uh, show up. Uh, veteran, family of a veteran. 101.5 WORD. Coming up on Love Worth Finding. When will Jesus return? At any moment, Jesus may come. We're not waiting on any prophecy to be fulfilled ere Jesus comes. And the first event for the church. We're caught up to meet the Lord as the judgment seat of Christ and then the marriage of the Lamb. Join us for Adrian Rogers' Triumph of the Lamb series this month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. Out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip down when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsruspittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. For your next client meeting, instead of worrying about where to get lunch, why not relax and get down to business? The Cooked Goose Catering Company provides truly delicious value to satisfy hungry clients and colleagues alike, like their bestseller, roast beef and stuffed chicken breast with mashed or roasted potatoes and green beans, just $10.95 a person. Visit cookedgoosecatering.com word and get to work. The Cooked Goose Catering Company, just good food. Liberty Mutual Insurance. Insurance Company presents and Doug. Welcome to Burger Palace. What would you like today? Yes, I'd like to tell you that Liberty Mutual customizes your car insurance so you only pay for what you need. This is Burger Palace. Do you want any food? Yes, uh, one palace party meal. No, Limu, they won't put insects on a burger. No, you can't talk to the manager. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. The world of church construction is rapidly changing in today's safety-conscious marketplace. If renovation or new construction is in your future, don't miss the Worship and Facilities Conference, designed to answer the critical questions church and business leaders need to ask before they build. One day only, March 31st at the Bible Chapel in McMurray. Hear from experts in architecture, construction, banking, audiovisual, plus facility safety and security all in one place. 815 to 4, presented by Salem Media Group. Registration and details at wordfm.com. Oftentimes when you hear politicians speak about faith, it feels as though it's just canned talking points, that it doesn't really mean anything. It's put together by a a committee or something. Or is that because we are conditioned in our own heads to think that they're just making it up? To be honest, uh, yeah, that's more often than not uh, when, so I, when are I hear that. So we are kind of prejudging them. I guess so. 
David French is with us. David is uh, he's part of something called the Dispatch, which, which is, is uh, I've really enjoyed. Yeah, it's brand new. Uh, the roots are in the National Review, and David's a major part of it. He wrote a piece at the Dispatch called "A Different Way to Do Faith in the Public Square: An Important Reminder from Joe Biden." David, welcome back to the show. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it, David. I am loving the Dispatch, but we'll talk about that at the uh, at the conclusion <laughs> of our conversation today. Let's talk about Joe Biden first, um, but maybe okay. in, maybe in a larger context. When you hear politicians talk about faith, how do you respond? Yeah, you know, a lot of times what you have is a really sort of simplistic statement, like "I because I am a Christian" or "My faith tells me," and then follows that up with a policy statement. Right. So. Because I'm a Christian, I am pro-life, is what you'll often hear on the right. Or on the left, you might hear, because I'm a Christian, I believe we should welcome the stranger and be more open to immigrants. It's something you'll hear often on the left. And, and what ends up happening when that occurs is it often reduces religious discussion in the public square to competing policy positions, which is, as you and I, we all both know, is not the focus of the gospel in any way, shape, or form. Um, and it creates sort of a misimpression to outsiders. It's almost like, if I, it, are, do I have to adopt this set of policy positions if I'm going to, going to be a Christian? Uh, and there was a moment in the CNN town hall last week where Joe Biden was asked uh, about faith. And instead of going, and it's not as if he is immune to these other tendencies, I mean, uh, about advancing with policy, but what he talked about from the heart was how faith played a role in giving him a sense of hope and purpose after the horrible tragedies of his life. And for those who don't remember, he lost a wife and a daughter in a car accident in 1972. His oldest son died uh, in to, to cancer in 2015. And so he's been through horrible loss and grief. And when he talked about faith in that way, what it does is it cuts through a lot of the policy noise and gets to the heart of where people actually live uh, in in their faith. And I thought it was very powerful. And it was a reminder to me that those of us who do have a, a public voice, those of us who do speak into the public realm in politics, and it's important for us to, to not always lead with policy. Um, we need to, for the people of of Christ, we need to off, we need to lead with Christ. It's not always possible. I mean, you know, cable news hits are short, and legal briefs have rules. <laughs> but it's a important corrective and a reminder that if we're going to talk about faith, we should lead with the heart of what it's about more than we lead with the policy outcomes that we hope to achieve. That's good. Now, the original quote itself was about three minutes long. We don't have time to play the full three minutes, but we do have a shortened version of the clip that we'd like to air for you right now. Here's Joe Biden last week. No, Reverend, um, I'm not proselytizing. I happen to be a practicing Catholic. But I went back to the church because I found particularly the black church. In this case, it was an AME. It was not an Episcopal church. I found that um, there's that famous phrase from Kierkegaard, faith sees best in the dark. I find the one thing it gives me and I'm not trying to proselytize. I'm not trying to convince you to be, to share my religious views. But for me, it's important because it gives me some reason to have hope. Have hope. 
So those are the very beginning of the remarks. And, and David, I mean, what's interesting is it feels very raw. It feels very real and transparent. Yeah. yeah well, I mean, he was tearing up, uh, and and he's also referring to a tragedy, and he's referring to a loss that most of us, thankfully, can't even comprehend in our own lives. And and so he's referring to something that's very, very real and something that would be too much for many people to bear, frankly. And and so to connect what, you know, his faith has, how that, that has given him hope in this unbelievable darkness, and that, that Kierkegaard quote is quite apt, um, I think is, is a moment where it just – there's nothing that cuts through sort of hate and division faster than expressions of hope and love and expressions of hope amidst grief. And he did that. And that's not to say that I agree with Joe Biden on ABCD or E policies or sure. even that I'd vote for Joe Biden in the election. But that was an, an important moment. And it's a moment, I think, that more public officials should take the risk of genuine transparency and leading from that position of openness uh, rather than just reducing all of it to kind of this transactional, if, okay. you know, hey, I'm a Christian and I believe A, B, C, D, and E. So for you, David, hearing that is not causing you to decide to pull the lever for Joe? No, no. I mean, it, you know. It, okay, so what is, it, not- what is it doing for you then? Why, why did you hear that and you thought, wow, this is, this is something that's remarkable, remarkable to me, I have to notate? Yeah, it's two things. One, look, I mean, you watch that in, in too much of our, our politics. is It's not will I, not just will I vote for you or not. It's will I have active feelings of hostility to you or okay. not. And and so to watch that and to see Biden uh, open up in that way, I mean, it, you, it, it humanizes mm-hmm. uh, this, this man. And it reminds you that he is a human being created in the image of God who suffered in Tenth loss, and we cannot, in the course of our political disputes, become captives of rage and hate. And so, I think that is valuable, whether or not you pull the lever for the guy. And the other thing is, it is a, it convicted me because I'm somebody who I don't have the public platform that Joe Biden has, quite obviously, but I do have at least somewhat of a public platform. And how do I express my faith in that public platform as, as an activist, as somebody who's been a religious li- liberties litigator, pro-life attorney, um, it's, it's easy for me to lead with the public policy and with the law, um, more so to lead with Christ, if that makes sense. And, yes. and, I have, and I took inspiration as I was writing from a memory from 20 years ago where I represented a small group of Christian students who were facing expulsion from their campus, and when they had their chance to argue in front of a student judiciary that had been elected to kick them off campus, um, they didn't lead with this legalistic explanation of religious liberty. They used it as an opportunity to share their heart with the student judiciary, and it softened their hearts, and it kept them on campus. I'm not saying that always works, but I'm saying that they taught me an important lesson, and that is you defend Christianity with Christ <laughs> mm-hmm. far more effectively over the long term than you defend Christianity with law. Yeah. 
I appreciate that. David French is with us. He is from The Dispatch, which we're going to talk about in just a minute. David, uh, let's move forward from a, a different way to do faith in the public square to talk about what happened over the weekend with the Taliban. Um, from your perspective, of course, you served in the United States military. You've written about this extensively. Is this a win or is this just a, a, a retreat that we can sort of save face? It's a retreat where we don't save face. Um, it's, you know, it's worse. And I'll tell, you, I'll tell you why. So there's a couple of things that have happened here that are really important. One is we have given the Taliban concrete promises that we're going to reduce our troops in the next you know, four months or so to 8,600. We're going to take efforts to remove members of the Taliban from sanctioned lists. And, crucially, that we're going to pressure the Afghan government to release 5,000 Taliban to back to the Taliban. And so this is we will grow weaker and we will make the Taliban grow stronger. And then as the withdrawal process continues, our commitment to the Taliban is to remove all of our forces and then pressure the Afghans to release all Taliban prisoners to the Taliban without a peace agreement from the Taliban that they'll cease hostilities. Mm. So what what are we getting out of this? Like what in, in some ways this is worse worse than just withdrawing, like just flat up and leaving. So what are we getting out of it? Well we're getting out of it is a promise from the Taliban with no publicly announced enforcement mechanism that they won't allow their Afghan territory to be used uh, in a manner to harm US national security. So they're sort of they're promising us that they won't let Al Qaeda use Afghan territory to attack us again. Uh, you know, I don't know about you, but I'm of the opinion that especially without enforcement mechanisms and verification mechanisms, the promise from the Taliban isn't worth the paper it's printed right. on. No way, right. And so here we here we have, we're reinforcing the Taliban, we're weakening our allies, uh, and we're all in exchange for a promise we can't enforce. Yikes. And all for the purpose of what? Well, you know, there's war weariness in the American public. Yeah. I mean, just sick of it. You know, there are people which, you know, people who've, I mean, it's incredible, incredibly understandable. I mean, you know, and there's a lot of frustration that we haven't defeated the Taliban and, re, you know, and, and accomplished some of the more grand goals in the Bush administration, the Obama administration that were probably, frankly, not accomplishable. But I think we need to adjust this narrative of failure that we have in our military operations since 9-11. Uh, the fact of the matter is we've not been hit the way we were on 9-11 since. For heading on, you know, for, for going on 19 years now, we've been safe from a major terrorist attack. And if you told Americans on September 12th that in the next 19 years we would not have another major incident of international terror on our shores – we would have been overjoyed at Without that. Without a doubt. So there's David French in the dispatch, whether we're talking about whether he's writing and talking about faith or the government or, or any number of things that affect you and I in our daily life. The dispatch.com is the place to go. David, talk to us about the dispatch. It is a subscription based um, uh, yes. daily update. Yes, yes. So we have, um, we have content that's free, but most of it is uh, subscription based. And essentially what we're offering is uh, fact-based conservative uh, analysis and reporting. And so we're trying to move completely away from the hot take, <laughs> completely away from the clickbait. We don't have a single ad on our site at all. You'll, you won't see ads. The only, the only time you'll see an ad is when we ask you to become a, a subscriber or a member of the dispatch.com. And we offer a, a range of newsletters, uh, 
uh, multiple podcasts already. The podcasts are free and will remain free. But uh, the goal is to get completely away, completely away from all the clickbait and the hot take. Try to offer sober, reasoned analysis from on a nonpartisan basis. From we're, a conservative perspective. Correct. We're not. We're conservative, but we're not partisan. And there's a difference between conservative and partisan. <laughs> All right. If you want to figure out the difference between conservative and partisan, you should be a member of the Dispatch, like John and I, because we are loving it. David, we love you as well. Appreciate your contribution to the show. Senior editor of the Dispatch. The Dispatch online at thedispatch.com. We have reached the age where things just cost more. Cars, mm-hmm. phones, mm-hmm. life insurance. Your blood pressure is up. <laughs> Your weight is up. <laughs> You're one to talk. I have type 2 diabetes, so I'm getting dinged just like you. Thank goodness for Big Lou. Big Lou! Big Lou can get term life insurance rates for a 50-year-old male with type 2 diabetes or high blood pressure, or maybe he's on anxiety meds mm-hmm. for just around $200 a month for a million dollars of coverage. Oh, you got to say that again. Go ahead. Okay, I'll say it. Big Lou and term provider could get a 50-year-old man, a little dinged up, a million dollars in life insurance for around $200 a month. Call Big Lou. Big Lou. He's like you. 800-555-2085. That's 800-555-2085. Don't put it off. If you're overweight, diabetic, have high blood pressure, you gotta call Big Lou. Gotta. 800-555-2085. Write it down. 800-555-2085. In the Bible, Jesus says when we care for the least of these, it's like we're caring for him. But who are the least of these? They're moms, like Outer Maria from Guatemala, where more than half the people live in extreme poverty. Do they have any problems with the drinking water? I always worry about the conditions of the water. I don't know if it has holes in the pipes. In winter, they get sick. They might get diarrhea. They might get a stomachache. I believe that is because of the, the water conditions that they have. When you partner with Food for the Poor, you bring food water, hope, and love. You answer the desperate prayers of moms and children. Just $27 a month for the next 12 months feeds a family of four food for a year and water for life through food for the poor. Would you make a life-saving gift right now? From your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say give. Dial pound 250 and say give. Or give online at wordfm.com. See today's best faith-based and family-friendly movies all free of charge. March 13th through 15th, Word FM welcomes the Projecting Hope Film Festival to the Cinemark 18 at Pittsburgh Mills Mall. Presented by the Speakman Financial Group. See the best faith-focused films of 2019, plus the highly anticipated 2020 release, I Still Believe, the Jeremy Camp Story, plus exclusive advanced screenings of Selfie Dad starring Michael Jr. Visit ProjectingHopePGH.com for showtimes. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm -mm. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. A little earlier in the show, we were we were eating these. I was eating these peeps, these marshmallow peeps. Yeah, man, I don't feel good now. 
That's funky. I can't that's, believe that's all natural substance. It's that's, like how much sugar I is think, in there? Oh. I think they just grow out in the garden, don't they, Mike? That's not good. I at think all. they're available year round, but I do believe they come from the earth. What? Twenty six grams of sugar. Uh huh. I mean, I just, so you're saying it's not an all natural product? I'd like to like, show it. Why don't I just sit here and like eat six tablespoons of sugar? We're streaming live on Facebook. The ride home with Johnny Kathy, 101.5 right. Word FM, Pittsburgh. Um, this is not a natural substance that I'm holding up. You know, this I generally not. like them though. I do. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I'm not disgusting. saying you shouldn't like them. I brought these because these were my mom's favorite. If Nanny. you if you have celiac disease, this is a great treat. Is it really? Yeah, because there's no gluten in it. Okay. So knock it out. I, however, do think they're disgusting. Yeah, well, I, I used to like them, but now I just it's kind of a rough going down. Okay, we'll see how you feel after the break. Thanks a lot. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, tune in, and on radio.com. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Amy Klobuchar and Pete Buttigieg, who have both dropped out of the race, are uniting behind Joe Biden's presidential bid as the Democratic Party's moderate wing scrambles to boost the former vice president just hours before voting begins in the high-stakes Super Tuesday states. Washington state is reporting more deaths from coronavirus, which brings the total in that state now to six, the U.S. with 80 reported cases of the virus. A big day on Wall Street. The Dow Jones Industrial Average surged more than 1,200 points, or 5% on hopes that central banks will take action to shelter the global economy from the effects of the coronavirus outbreak. The large gains caused some of the ground loss in the massive sell-off last week. Clawed back, the Dow gained 1,294 points. This is SRN News. It's time to stand with Israel. Sebastian Gorka here inviting you to register for a life-changing trip to Israel December 2nd to 11th. Join me, my friend Mike Lindell, and hundreds of patriots on the Stand with Israel tour, a journey to the Holy Land to get first-hand insights into Israel's fascinating past and promising future. Register today at sebgorka.com. On the Stand with Israel tour, history, culture, and faith will converge right before your eyes in a truly remarkable country. I'll take you behind the scenes to explore over 40 iconic sites during an all-inclusive 10-day tour this December. We'll pray at the ancient Western Wall, sail the picturesque Sea of Galilee, float on the Dead Sea, explore modern Tel Aviv, and much more. Best of all, we'll be together with like-minded supporters of the nation of Israel. Reserve your spot today and travel with me on the Stand with Israel tour. Visit sebgorka.com and click on the Israel banner. That's sebgorka.com, S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A.com. Thinking about life insurance? Did you know in just a few minutes you can find the best price from up to 10 price competitive companies for free? You can with SelectQuote. For example, George is 39. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $22 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino, and believe me, If SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-494-2323. That's 800-494-2323. 800-494-2323. Or go to SelectQuote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. 
Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials or price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. The following is not an actor, but a real life story from Trinity Debt Management. I had a lot of credit card debt and I couldn't pay my bills. I was feeling so bad. I got to a point where I needed some help. So I reached out and contacted Trinity. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-936-5496 to talk to a certified counselor. They were able to take all of my different payments and put them all together. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy to manage monthly payment, put a stop to late fees and over limit charges, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. And they were actually able to work with my creditors. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000 in the last 18 months. If your debt has you down, call Trinity at 1-800-936-5400. My name is Stephanie, and I'm debt-free for keeps. 1-800-936-5496. Tonight, mostly cloudy with a couple of showers, low 46. Cloudy and mild tomorrow with a few showers, high 55. Plenty of clouds tomorrow night, chilly, low 35. Wednesday, cloudy with occasional rain and drizzle, high 48. Thursday, sunny to partly cloudy, high 49. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Brian May. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Oh boy, I messed up. We were talking about the re-engage conference, uh, March 7th, down at the Senator John Hines History Center. And because it's an event for military personnel, <laughs> when you go to the – and by the way, it looks like a terrific thing. Oh, it sure does. Uh, it starts at 8.30 in the morning, mm-hmm. and um, we were talking to Adam and Alex Zafudo about it. And as I looked at the website, I saw that the time listed is in military time. Yeah, I did So too. it said like 8.30 a.m. to – 8 a.m. I, I think it said 13.30. 15.30. 15.30, right. So I said, you know, as we're talking to them live, I said, oh, it's from 8 a.m. <laughs> and as I'm looking at it, I thought, now Uh-oh. John's not going to be able to figure out what, <laughs> and I said, what that closing time is. It's from 8 a.m. until later in the day, <laughs> which yeah. which is really true, yeah. right? It was it later, was in, the later day. in the day. right? That's what happens when you can't figure out military time <sighs> on the fly. Sorry. Hey, also, great news for you. You were thrilled about this earlier today. Absolutely thrilled. What's that? That both Pete Buttigieg and Amy Klobuchar oh, uh, are out of the race. I am so happy. Now, you'd think, wow, John must be like super against both of those candidates. He's like ready to throw a party no. that they are no longer running for president, that's but not that's it. not what it is. No, no. Yeah. Pete Buttigieg and uh, Amy Klobuchar, <laughs> I mean, seriously, who I'm so glad. I hope I never, ever have to say either of their names ever again. Seriously. Joe Biden, fine. Bernie Sanders, fine. That's easy. My name is John Hall. Anything above that, I sort of get twisted around. Uh I apologize for it. But Pete Buttigieg, whatever his name is, (laughs) Mayor Pete and Amy, whatever. What's her name? Amy Clochevar. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's not it. Whatever. That's not it. I'm so glad they're gone. I, all, Just try to avoid them. If you mathematically look at all the different ways that you could pronounce, like mispronounce Klobuchar, oh, yeah. you have hit every I'm one. Sure. I'm sure. Like, it's, it's, it's like you've hit the whole pantheon yeah. of them. I told you this. Years ago, um, when I was a kid, I was like 17 years old, I got a, you know, a, 
somebody I knew said, hey, you should go down to QED. Uh, they're looking for like a part-time announcer. So I was a kid. So I went down. The guy was like, oh, you know, the microphone just loves your voice. That's fine. Uh, why don't you pronounce, you know, some of, some of the composers? Mm-hmm. So they like, you know, pulled out some German composer. I, I butchered those so horribly. They're like, okay, thanks for stopping by. <laughs> Just, so this gig isn't for you. That's not not really, no. You say so you didn't know that Klobuchar and Buttigieg would be oh, in your they're, future. They're, you know, they're always coming. Mm-hmm. All right, so I heard about this uh, thing called archery dodgeball. Yeah, how about that? It sounds truly terrible. Well, it's exactly as advertised, and it's a thing. And it's in. it's not just like a local thing. It's a national thing. So this is like a league that you might be able to soon join yourself. Exactly, if you were so inclined, because you have to have certain, you know, weird equipment like a bow, and the arrows are like regular arrows, but they've got a large, almost like a sort of double marshmallow at the very end of the tip. So it's like dodgeball. And you, did you play dodgeball in gym? I ended. I up loved it so in much the, in the hospital. From playing dodgeball. dodgeball. Really? Yes, because it was when I was in elementary school, it was controlled violence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I love dodgeball. I mean, it brings out the, you know. All boys love dodgeball. Because it's so because brutal. it makes you feel strong. Yeah. And every girl hates dodgeball because you become the victim in gym class. Okay, so the dodgeball, right? Two, this two is different my sides. There's a line down the, you know, on the middle of the gym there. Two different teams. Now this this is the same thing. So the the um, archery dodgeball starts by putting the arrows in the middle on the line. Okay. And then you know either team or at both ends of the gym they blow a whistle. You run towards your arrows, try to get as many as possible, and then you just start to shoot. That's basically it. And whoever you hit is out. Exactly. So it's that not, sounds stupid. It sounds like a lot of fun. I think that'd be a lot of fun to try. So uh, Archery Arena in Westchester, Ohio, near Cincinnati. This, this is, is the closest one to us. Well, no, it's sort of you know. There's an article in today's Wall Street Journal about this. Uh, Jen Murphy wrote the piece. Archery dodgeball delivers exactly what it promises, and so they they go to Archery Arena in Westchester, Ohio, to talk about the Cincy Ambots. That's the name of the team. Cincinnati Ambots, Cincinnati Ambots. And so apparently the rules, the variation of the rules differ from state to state, but essentially it is dodgeball. The game consists of seven rounds. This is the difference, each of which may have different rules. For example, each team may have a target resembling a domino with foam circles as dots. Okay, but wait a minute. Okay, so we know how dodgeball works. Yeah. Okay, but here's the question. Who is going to go out? Who has a bow? Wait, Mike, do you have a bow? You have a bow. Are you a bow hunter? You? Yes. Well, you wouldn't wear. I don't Mike think you has a bow. But I don't think you'd use that I have a bow. Cro- I have a crossbow. That's for shooting deer, right? Yes. I hope it's for shoot. I hope it's for well, shooting. Yeah, deer. for shooting wild game. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not for shooting one of us unless no, he gets really hacked off. But you know, there's different bows for different things, right? So you're not going to be able to use that bow to play this game. I don't think so. It's probably too unwieldy. And My gosh, it would kill somebody. My guess it is might you, kill somebody anyway because this game sounds unsafe for the populace. Well, they're selling it as like some big cardio conditioning right, I thing. know. Because you're running around like a crazy person trying to avoid being whacked by a gigantic... So it's, it's on like a giant field. No, I think it's within a, in the confines of a gym, okay, like well, a basketball gym. What are the, what, if someone goes to shoot you with a bow, 
you're not going to be able to get away very easily. No, no, you will have to because, you know, you're trying to shoot, they're trying to shoot. So it's very fast. So I would think the accuracy is less than optimal. I got my finger broken. By dodgeball? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What grade? Sixth. All right. So you're not going to ever try to play this game. I mean, nobody cared. It just looks like a lot of fun. I mean, you know, I, I like the idea of guys inventing new games. You told us on, live on the air last week. And by the way, speaking of live on the air, yeah. you can watch us on Facebook. We're oh, streaming right now live. Find us. Hi, everybody. Hello. Uh, the Ride Home with John and Kathy, 101.5 Word Pittsburgh. Give us your comments. We'll try to answer as the uh, show unfolds. Let me say that um, I would never do that. You told everybody a couple weeks ago, maybe it was even last week, that you would not be exercising. Remember we said if we were going to add something for Lent, what would it be? Right. And I asked you if exercise would be a part of it, and you said... No, I'm not going to exercise. That's just it. I've I've reached the point where... Like never again in your life. No, I'm not saying that. You know, I just... I I don't want to let the, you know... I don't want to get too personal about my life, but right now I'm. I mean, we're. Ta- I don't know how much person, how much more personal we can be. We're talking about archery dodgeball. Well, I, I, it'd be fun to watch. I won't play it. Uh, it seems like an awful lot of exercise, and it will make you very sweaty. So I think I'd just prefer to sit home with some Netflix. I don't feel like that's an appropriate response, health wise. Just saying that you just you just ate two of these peeps in right. the last segment. So there it is. All just right. add it to the pile. Okay, great. Hey, speaking of good news, mm. National Egg McMuffin Day. Oh, love an Egg McMuffin. Don't you love an Egg McMuffin? It's a delicious thing. Listen, 1974, I ate my very first Egg McMuffin. How can you remember that? Because I was on my way to Keystone State Park, and I remember seeing like an ad for an Egg McMuffin. Was it new? Yeah. I mean, I had to go early to like to save a picnic table for a family picnic. So I pulled over, had an an Egg McMuffin. I thought, this is incredible. This was like- It is incredible. It is. You know what's bad about it? What? They're not big enough. I've always thought that. No, they're just enough. No, they're not. They should be bigger, or they should they should come in a two pack. You do an egg McMuffin and you know a um, what? A glass of orange juice. No, how fine. about those hash browns and that little I don't like paper envelope? No. I love a hash. You dip that in ketchup. Isn't that delicious? Nope. I don't yeah, think it is. So. I love that. Take a break. I mean, come I'm not back. doing it, but boy, I love. I want it right now. Please. I'm really sad about it. If you do that, you better exercise. 101.5 WORD. As creator, Jesus is already king of the universe, but each of us must individually choose to acknowledge him as Lord of our lives. That's our subject as we come to the end of our study in Ephesians 1. Listen all this week to Truth for Life with Alistair Begg. Truth for Life with Alistair Begg. Tomorrow morning at 6 on 101.5 WORD. As mothers and caregivers, we tend to put others before ourselves. Former Texas Governor Ann Richards once said, if you think taking care of yourself is selfish, change your mind. In planning for your retirement, it's important to pay yourself first. Women have unique needs as investors. They generally live longer than men and have less saved. Kirk Kenotic and the team at Accurate Solutions Group have developed a complimentary guide to help women achieve financial independence called 10 Tips to Help Empower Women Investors. This guide addresses the reasons every woman should have a financial plan of her own. For your copy of this guide from Accurate Solutions Group, call or text TIPS to 412-515-3555. That's 412-515-3555. Don't put others' retirement plans before your own. Take the first step toward your financial independence today. Call or text TIPS to 412-515-3555. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. You know, spring cleaning doesn't just mean the deep clean you do around the house once a year. You may want to do some tidying up for your business 
businesses digital marketing and Salem Surround can help. We give you all the right tools to surround your target audience and turn website visitors into website leads. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your digital presence and learn how to get your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. Founded in 1794, Pittsburgh Theological Seminary prepares students for ministry in the way of Jesus. Rooted in the Reformed tradition and in relationship with Christ followers from other traditions, Pittsburgh Theological Seminary forms and equips people for ministries familiar and yet to unfold, communities present and yet to be gathered. The seminary offers Master of Divinity, Master of Arts, and Doctor of Ministry degrees, plus certificates. Financial assistance is available for full and half-time students who qualify. Learn more at pts.edu. The world of church construction is rapidly changing in today's safety-conscious marketplace. If renovation or new construction is in your future, don't miss the Worship and Facilities Conference, designed to answer the critical questions church and business leaders need to ask before they build. One day only, March 31st at the Bible Chapel in McMurray. Hear from experts in architecture, construction, banking, audiovisual, plus facility safety and security all in one place. 815 to 4, presented by Salem Media Group. Registration and details at wordfm.com. During the break, Mike was pulling up a, a map of coronavirus infection worldwide. You want to look at something that's going to make you crazy. Holy heck. Uh, and, and There's Mike like a little was, ticker, and he keeps showing when like another person gets it, right. another person gets it. So we're in the midst of this fear, gigantic oh. fear bubble that's Every enveloping Every media source. I mean, everywhere. you know, if you go to the grocery store right now, they're sold out of uh, Clorox wipes and bleach and things like that. People are, are stockpiling for this massive wave of a supposed, I don't know, is it? Well, I none of us have any I don't want to call it anything. Be. I don't want to start rumors about no, stuff that I know nothing about. But fear is certainly upon us. Marilyn McIntyre is with us. Marilyn is a professor of medical humanities at UC Berkeley, the award-winning author of books on language and faith, including Make a List, What's in a Phrase, Pausing Where Scripture Gives You Pause, and Caring for Words in a Culture of Lies. Her latest is called When Poets Pray. But she's here today to talk to us, Marilyn is, about fear. Marilyn, welcome to the show. Thank you. Nice to be back. So, Marilyn, when you see what comes out of a cable news network or what comes out of a news website or a talk show, it's just fear, 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 fear right Right. now. How do you respond? I think often about how often in the Bible you read, be not afraid, depending on your translation. Yes. Don't be afraid. I like be not afraid because don't be afraid is sort of a don't do that. But I think we're being invited to a way of being, which is not afraid. (laughs) And I think that it's an invitation to step into a much wider understanding of our journey here and the fact that we are in the arms of God, which doesn't mean terrible things don't happen to people. People die. People get sick. We all know that. But we are somehow held in it and guided in it. And that be not afraid is usually happens when an angel shows up or when, you know, the disciples see Jesus and they're terrified and they think he's a ghost and he's walking on the water. Mm-hmm. And so he's really asking for a stretch. Like, you know, just step into this. I'll hold you, which he does with Peter. So I don't think it just means pull yourself up by your boots for bootstraps and be a brave person. 
I think it means use this as an occasion to deepen your trust. And I also think that a lot of fear comes out of ignorance. And so at a, at a simply human level, I think that when we're afraid of things, one thing it's always important to do is get the best information we can and educate ourselves. And that goes not just for the coronavirus, but for all the fear mongering about whatever the opposite political party is doing, or, you know, there's just so much of making people afraid of each other right. in this election season. And I remember reading a quote years ago by Hermann Goering, who was very high in Hitler's regime. And he said, it's something like, it's easy to control people. All you need to do is make them afraid of each other. Wow. And that's that's exactly, I believe, where we are in the 21st century, Marilyn, that fear in some ways has become like um, Coca-Cola or Tide detergent, yeah. that it's a brand. That's right. That's right. And people make a lot of money by hate mongering and fear mongering. So I think it's our job to resist that. One of the chapters in Caring for Words in a Culture of Lies is Don't Tolerate Lies, which is harder and harder to do because they've been so normalized. And I think that not tolerating fear-mongering is to say, I'm going to go down under that level of fear and find a place of confidence in the ultimate things. And then from there, I'm going to find the peace I need to study what's in front of me and be as strategic as I can. So when we think about strategy, that implies that we have some type of knowledge base and that we have taken that knowledge and we have made it into something useful practically. And that's what I think is hard about a moment like this is, you know, we're talking about um, a scientific process that, you know, 95% of us don't understand. And so we can imagine all sorts of scenarios without having any knowledge or plan. And so strategies out the window, we don't, we don't even get to that point. Right. Well, I think that, you know, one obvious place to go is the, the people who have studied this. I think that it's important for us all to develop circles of trust, which is to mm-hmm. say that, yes, we have different news sources and some of those conflict, but I think we can basically trust that people at the Centers for Disease Control or the World Health Organization or, the you know, the big organizations that have been in charge of epidemics before know, have information to give us that is probably reliable. They're not going to be the people who are, are, feeding, are uh, fueling panic. And I also think that to talk to medical people when we know them, to talk to people in, like, find the doctors in your churches or the people you are two handshakes away from and a red cross or, you know, organizations that deal with epidemics. There's a, there's a woman who has written about many epidemics and she wrote a compendious book about them. She's been interviewed several times. Her name is Lori Garrett, G-A-R-R-E-T-T. And she just has a lot of good information about what, yes, we should be very cautious about and what we don't need to worry about. And in an interview, I heard I think it was on a New York station the other day. She said, there are certain kinds of misinformation that come out with every epidemic. There's a pattern of um, fear and misinformation that you can identify. And she goes through that. And so she's basically saying, too, there are places to dig under 
the scary stuff that's being put out there. So go for what's most practical, what's most consistent. But I just think that finding those sources has to do with reaching them through a circle of trust, mm-hmm. finding the people that we already know who know people that they trust. That's very wise. I mean, there's, there's a, a great yep. hedge there yep. of common sense and wisdom that you're not going to find on, you know, 24 cable networks. Yeah, and that's a good way to look at news. Any story, like you said, it's not just limited to this one, is you have mm-hmm. to find the people who you feel like are speaking sense right. and speaking truth. Right. And then, you know, it's not like if they express an opinion, you have to latch onto it and take it as yours. But it's certainly giving you uh, a more well-rounded perspective of your source. That's right. And I think that one of the criteria that most of us could use is that to be very skeptical about anything that seems oversimplified, black and white, good or bad, good guys and bad guys, you know, this is safe, this is dangerous. And there's a big middle ground. And most of what is true is complicated and has nuance. And so I think people who are willing to say, these are some things we can know. These are some things that may or may not be the case. It depends on the part of the country. It depends on the situation. Then I feel like I can trust these people. They're making some distinctions. They're trying to be discerning about what's accurate. They're looking for evidence. And they're not just people who are dividing it up so that it's simple to make a decision. Right. Now, at the same time, Marilyn, you're not suggesting uh, suggesting that we're, you know, should be whistling through the graveyard, that we see da- <laughs> we see danger yeah. around us and, right, we, we just choose to ignore it and we are, you know, right. optimistically oblivious to whatever happens around us. That's right. No, of course not. And I do think that I'm grateful for the websites, and there are several, that just say, whatever's happening in your area, here are some things you can be doing right now that are just stepping up what you should do anyway if there's a flu epidemic in your town. And it has to do with keeping surfaces clean. If you walk in from being outside with other people, wash your hands, wash your hands a lot more. But they also say you don't have to go out and buy um, special antibacterial stuff. Soap and water kills this kind of germ because soap breaks down lipids and these viruses are surrounded with a lipid barrier. So stuff like that, I think, is really helpful. Here's a list of stuff to do, and then there's not a lot you can do beyond that. They also say that most of the masks that are being marketed really won't protect you, but they will protect other people if you are sneezing or coughing. So that's good to know. I remember, Marilyn, the day I was in the pediatrician's office with my two daughters who were small at the time, and he told me that they both had lice. Now. Now, I immediately burst into tears. And a pediatrician, oh. Dr. Roland, who I love so deeply, he, he, he was like, he, he couldn't figure out what to do. He was, Mrs. Emmons, not, you, you do know that like, this, this is not harmful. This is not going to hurt your children. I, was, I know, but well, it's so terrible. Was that an indictment of you? It was an indictment of me. I had a dirty house. Uh-huh. Clearly, I was uh-huh. not washing the hair of my children. Right. right. Okay, but all right. of those things were based on bad information that I had about a natural process. Right. And so he was very patient. He came over. He like put his hand on my arm in a calming way. And he said, I'm going to explain to you what lice is and I'm going to tell you what you're going to do about it. And it's going to be fine. And it's going to be a real challenge for you because you're going to imagine.
imagine lice in every corner of your house, mm-hmm. in every piece of furniture, on every pillow. And he said, and realistically, it's probably not in every corner of your house, but it is in some corners of your house. And you're just going to have to learn to live with that possibility. Yeah. I mean, he was so good. It was like a trained counselor. But I think back yeah. to that. And I'm not saying that lice is dangerous, like the coronavirus, but that was a good lesson for me because I realized I emotionally reacted to something with having extremely little bits of knowledge that were working against me at the time. Well, whoever it was in the ancient world who said a little knowledge is a dangerous thing yes. was really right. You know, and I think there's also always an emotional component to anything that involves illness. And some illnesses feel shameful. Like you're, you're saying, you know, I felt like a bad mother because my kid had life. And so, and some people carry a lot of shame because they have illnesses, which in fact they had no control over. So I think, again, to, to just create not only a circle of trust, but a climate of compassion that says we're in this together. We're all going to help each other be careful in the people that we encounter every day. We're going to talk about it so that we can keep our children as clean and safe as possible, teach them some new habits, all of that is a way of remembering in the midst of it that the the deepest place is to open our hearts lovingly in the hard spots and to remember that we're all on a journey that involves illness and danger and death. I'm into that. But, yeah. But we, and we're not all going to survive it. But the other thing is that in the coronavirus statistics that we've seen so far, most people survive. We hear about the death count, and it's so scary. But if you look at the death count relative to how many people have been identified as testing positive, it's still pretty low. So, And it's mostly affecting people in a particular demographic, people who are older and are already immunocompromised. So that's not intended as false comfort, but it is to say that's one of those details to look at before you just start tearing your hair and running in circles. That's good. All right, so no tearing your hair and running no, in circles. No. That's what Dr. Mac- Marilyn McIntyre says, <laughs> yes. professor of medical humanities at UC Berkeley for crying out loud. She should know. Yes, Marilyn, thank you so much. You're, you're <laughs> keep, a font of wisdom for keep, us. Keep calm and wash your um, hands. Yeah, exactly. Thank you both. Our pleasure. Marilyn McIntyre, her latest book is called When Poets Pray. If you're a licensed counselor in Pennsylvania, Grace Wellness Center doesn't want to hire you. They want to partner with you. At Grace Wellness Center, you'll find the personal support and professional development you need to build your ideal clientele. Grace Wellness Center invests in you so you can invest in your clients. Get the support, training, and personal coaching you need to pursue your passion and build the kingdom with offices throughout Greater Pittsburgh. Join the team at thegracewellnesscenter.com. Dana Gresh presents the True Girl Pajama Party Tour, a live stage event for tween girls and their moms. Through live worship, deep Bible teaching, a fashion show, and more, it's the most fun you and your daughter will ever have digging into God's truth together. The True Girl Pajama Party Tour with Dana Gresh. Coming March 6th, the Cornerstone Ministries in Murraysville, 6.30 to 9 p.m. Tickets on sale now at mytruegirl.com. I am, I am, I am a true girl. 
When the brake whistle blows, why waste time on a sandwich run when your crew could have a home-style meat and potatoes meal hot and waiting on site? The Cooked Goose Catering Company provides down-to-earth food for hungry crews of 10 or more. Try their bestseller, roast beef and stuffed chicken breast with mashed or roasted potatoes and green beans, just $10.95 a person. Visit cookedgoosecatering.com slash word. And get back to work. The Cooked Goose Catering Company. Just good food. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORD FM. Pittsburgh at wordfm.com. The Word FM mobile app. iHeart, tune in, and at radio.com. Tonight, mostly cloudy with a couple of showers. Low 46. Cloudy and mild tomorrow with a few showers. High 55. Plenty of clouds tomorrow night. Chilly. Low 35. Wednesday, cloudy with occasional rain and drizzle, high 48. Thursday, sunny to partly cloudy, high 49. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Brian May. You know, uh, Grove City College is on a break right now, like a lot of colleges. Not a spring break, but a winter break. So uh, I'm talking to my kid about, you know, what's going on at Grove City. And, you know, he's talking about the choir is uh, having a tour right now. You know, members of the of, uh, a select choir are in the southeast. There's also film festivals that are going on on campus. There's all these different things. I mean, the swim team continues to practice. Right. So even as school is at a pause... The education continues to exist at Grove City College. And one of the great things I love about Grove City is that their teacher-to-student ratio, 13 to 1. So for every teacher, 13 kids are engaged. And there's no grad students, no teaching assistants are involved in this. Grove City doesn't do that. So that, to me, itself also is extremely powerful about the nature and the quality of education at Grove City College. One of the biggest difficulties I had as an undergrad is the fact that until I was probably halfway through my junior year, all of my teachers were TAs. Wow. I mean, that's just the way it was. It's a giant school. It's a public school. I was taking a lot of general ed classes to get them out of the way. I see. And they're not often taught by a professor. It's really frustrating, especially when you're looking at how tuition dollars add up now. Don't you want your kid to be actually taught by a professor? Right. I mean, both John and I have children that go to Grove City. And I can't tell you how much I have appreciated hearing about their classes and hearing about the professors that are actually teaching them. We love it. Check it out online for your child, gcc.edu. All right, uh, I have news from Pam. News from Pam. Who, who's Pam? Okay, so Pam is uh, one of our listeners. She she's watching us live on Facebook. Thank Hi, you, Pam. For those of you who are not watching us live on Facebook, um, you should look for us at the on Facebook at the Ride Home with John and Kathy or one hundred one point five Word FM Pittsburgh. Very nice. And uh, she was intrigued by your conversation, our conversation, but you're the one who brought it up on um, archery dodgeball. Oh, yeah. And she wants us to know that you can do this in Pittsburgh right now. What do you mean? Yep. Escape Room Sports in Wexford is offering this archery battle currently. (laughs) That's cool. Okay. So don't you worry that you have to drive to Ohio or wherever else you were talking about. Right here in the Pittsburgh area, get your archery dodgeball on, Mike. Okay. I think that's a sport Mike would like. Uh, He's he's an ice hockey guy. I think there's there's a sense of violence and anarchy in the sport he might enjoy. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, it took dodgeball away my senior year. Why? Somebody, some parent called in and complained. So many people like me got hurt. Yeah. Senior year in high school. Yeah. 
Okay, so now so it, now I'm like I've been itching to go back. Get your mojo back mm-hmm. with some uh, archery dodgeball. That's super cool. Mm-hmm. Speaking of sports, today's a banner day for golf. Oh yeah, it is. Okay, so um, Arnold Palmer, the pride of Western Pennsylvania, has been um, given an honorary new forever stamp, and that stamp goes on sale Wednesday. It will uh, not be premiering at uh, the Arnold Palmer House in uh, Latrobe, Pennsylvania. Instead, it'll be uh, part of a, a golf kickoff in Florida. But uh, having this stamp, this forever stamp, is a really high mark for Arnold Palmer because, you know, um, uh, you've got to be in a, a select group of people who get a, a special forever stamp. So you can buy these. You know, what's it cost to mail something right now? Do you know? I have no idea. No idea? I seriously do not know. 55 cents for a stamp. 55 stamps. But wow. it's a forever stamp. And of course, so when you get a forever stamp, as the rates go up and up and up, that stamp will stay consistent. Right. Here's the weird thing. In this article that Have I'm reading. Have you seen? Are you looking at the stamp? Uh, yeah. Is it a nice image? It's very nice. Okay. Yeah, it's, they do it's, a great job with stamp images. It's, a, it's Arnie in his super prime, looking like, you know, it's a, a nice. He- it's a headshot or it it's is. him swinging? It's a headshot. Okay. Super up close. So here's the deal Have you ever collected stamps? Never. Well, this stamp and this whole sort of forever stamp thing revolves around that because apparently, like a lot of things in the cyber age, the decline of stamp collecting has really hit hard Mm -hmm. at stamp lovers. Now, people would go out like on the first day that this stamp was released and buy sheets of stamps. Normally, like a sheet like this would retail for about $10. And then over time, the stamps have more value. Well, that hasn't happened in the past decade or so. So now they don't accrue anymore. No. Uh, Back in the day, I never collected stamps, but they did produce a Roberto Clemente stamp. And so I bought a sheet for like, I don't know what it was, you know, years ago. It wasn't 10 bucks, I'll tell you that. It hasn't gone up in price. As a matter Mm -hmm. of fact, it's declined in price. So the -hmm. Arnold Palmer stamp, they're saying because it's so greatly loved here in Western Pennsylvania, it'll hold its value and increase in value for all stamp lovers. But probably not that much. Probably not a lot. It's not like an investment. It's not like a retirement. You know, you're not going to find anybody doing that from Marley. While we're talking golf, yeah, the Masters is coming up. Is that the beginning of you know favorite days of the year? You know what that means? It means that spring is here. It'll be Thursday, April 9th. That's the first day of the Masters. Very nice. I'll be wearing my golf clothes that day. All right. Okay. But you're not a golfer. No, but I'm a big golf supporter. Does that count? Can you say golf supporter? Is that a really a term? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I'm a fan. So I'm a, uh, I'm a dork fan. I'm a Girl Scout cookie supporter. It's kind of the same thing, right? Well, one's a lot worse for you. I haven't had a thin mint this year. Yeah. You didn't get me any thin mints. 101.5 WORD. Today, everywhere you look, it has become painfully obvious that the walls of our culture are shattered, that the walls of our churches are burnt, that the walls of our families are broken down. Dr. Michael Youssef. The question is, who will be the Nehemiah of our generation? Passionately proclaiming uncompromised truth on leading the way. Tomorrow morning at 6.30 on 101.5 WORD. The following statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. Amber in trials tested mild to moderate symptoms. Testimonials based on 90 days of use. Results may vary. IRI, US, and ULO, 52 weeks, 7-14-19 by UPC, MLBO. Hi, I'm Mary Lou Retton. When I competed in gymnastics, I used to love to talk about my health, my energy, and my will to win gold. But today, I want to talk to you about something I used to keep private my menopause. Between my hot flashes and night sweats and worse, my constant fatigue, I felt like a stranger in my own life. 
Nothing I tried could give me relief until I discovered Amberin. Amberin is clinically shown to relieve 12 menopause symptoms. Amberin is not a drug and is 100% estrogen-free and clinically tested. Thanks to Amber now, my energy is back. And those days of fearing hot flashes and night sweats are gone. I feel like myself again. Amberin works. It really works. Hurry to your Walmart, Walgreens, Target, and other fine stores and see why Amberin is America's number one menopause relief supplement. In the Bible, Jesus says when we care for the least of these, it's like we're caring for him. But who are the least of these? They're moms, like Myrna Yolinda from Guatemala, where more than half the people live in extreme poverty. What are the children eating today? Only tomatoes with uh, tortilla. Right now, they are hungry. They want food, and we don't have money enough to get to that whole week. When you partner with Food for the Poor, you bring food, water, hope, and love. You answer the desperate prayers of moms and children. Just $27 a month for the next 12 months feeds a family of four food for a year and water for life through Food for the Poor. Would you make a life-saving gift right now? From your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say give. Dial pound 250 and say give. Or give online at wordfm.com. Founded in 1794, Pittsburgh Theological Seminary prepares students for ministry in the way of Jesus. Rooted in the Reformed tradition and in relationship with Christ followers from other traditions, Pittsburgh Theological Seminary forms and equips people for ministries familiar and yet to unfold, communities present and yet to be gathered. The seminary offers Master of Divinity, Master of Arts, and Doctor of Ministry degrees, plus certificates. Financial assistance is available for full and half-time students who qualify. Learn more at pts.edu. Captain Eric Lawrence was training Afghan soldiers when his truck was hit by an IED. I sat home alone for months. I didn't want that anymore. I wanted to go back to work. PBA helped me write my resume, got me a job interview. I got the job. Paralyzed Veterans of America. Changing lives, building futures. To learn more, visit pva.org. A public service message from Paralyzed Veterans of America. We've been talking about the uh, coronavirus from a lot of different perspectives. Kath, I think that you, your perspective at the top of the show was still the best one. Wow, I appreciate that. It's true. You know, and Marilyn McIntyre sort of amplified that. Yeah, I think it's just recognizing that we think in our minds that we control our health and destiny, and we don't. Yeah. And we, we do not live in a perfect bubble, and our life and our health and our family can be changed in an instant. There's no way of controlling it. And so when you see something like this coming, you think, okay, I'm going to do the best I can. I'm going to be as smart as I can. I'm going to use as many good strategies as I can read about online and get the right stuff and feel prepared. But in the end, like my destiny is in God's hands. It's just how... I don't mean to be simplistic about it because it's not easy, but it is what it is. Dr. A.J. Roberts is with us from Reasons to Believe. Dr. Roberts is a molecular biologist who writes and speaks about harmonizing science and the Christian faith. Dr. Roberts, welcome back to the show. Thank you, John and Kathy. I'm really glad to be back and love to hear the way you're kicking off this segment. Uh, I was encouraging people in my church after talking about the coronavirus uh, with them on Sunday to remember Psalm 139. 
which is that our days are numbered before we've even lived one of them, and that God is intimately acquainted with every aspect of our life. Amen to that. At the same time, Dr. Roberts, I mean, this virus, and I I don't think I want to call it a pandemic yet, um, what about this? I mean, there is reason to be concerned, but I I guess I also wonder, is this, you know, somehow a 24-7, you know, hype that we're all engaged with now because the deaths have been extremely low? Um, Yes, I... If I understand the question correctly, I think that, you know, we are all very attentive, uh, and it's a moving target at this point. Um, What's happened in China, uh, what's happened in South Korea, uh, what's happened in Italy uh, suggests that uh, the virus can spread uh, pretty efficiently from human to human, uh, but it has a long incubation period. And so until we have uh, more tests on the ground and are testing a higher percent of the population in the U.S., I think it's hard to really know what the situation is. Mm-hmm. Dr. Roberts, last time you were with us, you talked about your time at the NIH studying the SARS virus. And right. I, you know, I didn't know that before you brought that up on the air. And so I guess my question for you is, has anything happened with the corona, this coronavirus that is a surprise to you? Um, that's a great question. <laughs> I, I think that the spread is a little bit more uh, noteworthy than okay. we saw for SARS. Uh, you know, over 90,000 people are now infected. That's over 10 times the amount that were infected at the end of the SARS outbreak. And we're not at yet at the end of the, the, what they're now calling SARS-2, uh, the SARS-2 outbreak. We're, we're still very much at the beginning. So even if it's seasonal, we still have probably have, you know, a few more months to go. So uh, there's no end in sight, right? Because this thing feels as though it's growing. And, of course, whether our confidence was um, false confidence or not, it's made its way to the United States. So we can see worse before we see better. That's true. I don't want to be, you know, anybody that's trying to say this is going to get a lot worse. I think it has the potential to get worse. uh, But I also think that we can't always predict. You know, we don't really have a crystal ball to be able to predict what a virus is going to do in, in different environments. We don't know how successful our interventions will be once we're able to detect where the virus is and, and take precautions. But uh, like we talked about the last time I was on the show, there there are some things that you can do, including, you know, wash your hands thoroughly uh, for 30 seconds with warm, soapy water, uh, use Clorox wipes to decontaminate uh, surfaces and things to that effect. So we can take precautions, but I think we just need to we just need to keep an eye on the situation. Uh, I've heard many people say that, you know, it's no worse than the flu. There are a lot of similarities between this virus and the flu virus, but there are a lot of dissimilarities, too. And I think we covered some of those. I, I think that it's it's certainly got the potential to be far worse than the flu. Uh, but for most people who are in their under the age of 50 and who are in general good health, uh, if they were actually to contract this virus, the symptoms that they face might be very similar to a case of the flu. Now, AJ, as someone who's had the flu, um, I had it last year. My husband had it this year. We were both incredibly sick with the flu. Um, it was it was way worse than I ever expected uh, that it would be, and I missed I think I missed seven days of work um, yeah. over it. So the flu is nothing to fool around about. Um, however, we understand what the flu is because we know people who have it and are exposed, and we are exposed to the idea of the flu, and so therefore the fear level is less. Even though I became incredibly sick with it, so I guess my question is: once we start to 
to know people who have had the coronavirus and have survived it, it do you think the fear level will disperse a bit? Yes, I think the fear level will disperse a bit. Um, but again, the numbers the numbers for mortality on a global scale are running higher than a normal flu season. So if we had a flu season that killed 10 times as many people as normal, I think we would be talking about the flu right now. Okay. What um, a, what, so. Okay, so tell us about then um, the strategies that you mentioned. Last time you were on the air, you said if this is similar to the SARS virus, using your Purell, anything alcohol-based is not going to do it. We have to move to something Clorox-based. you still feel that way? Well, so... But the trick with alcohol-based solutions is that they can be used as a disinfectant, but it has to be ethanol, and it has to be at a certain percentage. And if that percentage drops below that cutoff rate, uh, which can happen because alcohol evaporates even out of alcohol water-based solutions. So if you make a 70% ethanol-based alcohol water solution, it's only going to stay at 70% for a certain amount of time. It's It's going to have the ability to go bad, if okay. you will, bad um, in reference to its uh, effectiveness, right? So so Clorox-based solutions also go bad, but you can make those at higher concentrations, and they last longer at higher concentrations. So, so Clorox is something that we use standardly uh, in the laboratory to disinfect for SARS, uh, and it's not that ethanol at the right concentration wouldn't be effective, but it's often difficult to control. Mm. You know, I don't know about you, but when I buy Purell, because I do use it, or other other alcohol hand rubs, I, I leave them in my car for months. <laughs> you know, it sure. takes me months to go through an entire bottle, and so there's, there's no way to control that you're actually getting the right level of ethanol, and if it's not at a 70% or better solution, then you're not going to be effective in killing viruses like SARS or flu. Sure. From reason to believe Dr. A.J. Roberts is with us. So, Dr. Roberts, um, the the media frenzy around this, and, and I believe it is a frenzy, is sort of indicative of the age we live in, right? I mean, it's in many ways, I believe it's fueled by social media. The uh, cable channels don't have a whole lot to talk about. So there is this thing that becomes larger than life. And I think this is probably a perfect storm of all those elements moving together. Yes, I think that's true. Uh, but again, I, let's go back to the flu and just do one more comparison with the flu. Um, last week, I think there were – no, wait. At the, at the peak of the flu season thus far, which was in week uh, four of the year, so the end of January, we had in one week in the U.S., we had 400 deaths attributed to the flu. And so if this is currently coming in at a mortality rate – of about 10 to 20 percent, the typical flu season, and right now we're in a sort of high flu season, high flu season, but not not an epidemic flu season, right? So we're still we're still within the low range of flu. Um, you're talking 10 to 20 times that number. If we had 4,000 to 8,000 deaths in one week in the U.S. attributed to the coronavirus, uh, people would be rightly concerned, mm-hmm. right? And so. So, yes, there is this sense of, oh, my gosh, we've got to panic. Uh, we don't need to panic. <laughs> you know, oh, my gosh, this is the worst thing that, that we've encountered. It's, well, it's nowhere as serious as Ebola, as I'm sure you've heard many people say in many different venues. Uh, but it, all the same, uh, this seems to have a fairly high rate of human-to-human transmission. And for people over the age of 50 with comorbidities, uh, other diseases, it is a very serious health threat. Mm-hmm. 
Dr. A.J. Roberts is with us. A.J. speaks about science and the Christian faith together. She's a research scholar of Reasons to Believe and also studied the SARS virus at the National Institutes of Health. So, um, Dr. Roberts, other than washing your hands, other than being sure to use Clorox wipes, are there other reasonable things we can do that are going to keep us as healthy as possible, our neighbors as healthy as possible, and things that aren't like wacky, you know, that, you know, we're going to go to some fringe website and they're going to say you have to hang like, you know, purple cloth from your windows and that's going to somehow keep you healthy. Right. I, I honestly think some of the more, uh, these are going to sound overly simplistic, but it's it's really true because of the way that viruses like these are spread through droplet and contact. Um, don't touch your face a lot when you're out okay. in public. Uh, so I spoke to my eight o'clock service at church uh, yesterday and I, I told them, I said, you know, basically when you're out in public, you can shake hands, you can hug people. It's like, but if you shake hands, don't don't touch your face. Don't touch your mouth. Don't touch your nose. Don't touch your eyes until you have a chance to go and wash your hands again. Uh, and and so after the 8 o'clock service, I know I was going to speak to the 10 o'clock service, so I started counting how many times I touched my face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I got to over 20 between just the 8 o'clock service and the 10 o'clock service. Uh, and, and it's because we touch our face so often. Uh, and so if you can kind of think, I'm wearing a pair of invisible gloves. Uh, if you have gloves on, you're less likely to touch your face. And so, you know, to just kind of play these sort of uh, mental games with yourself to try and help yourself become aware of, oh, gosh, yes, I just touched my face for the 15th time in the last half hour. It's like I really do need to put some certain, you know, I need to be a little bit more aggressive about my personal hygiene. And so I challenge people at church to Try and wash your hands 10 times a day for the next week and see how you do. And then we'll check back in next Sunday. So (laughs) hyper-awareness is the key here. So, Dr. Roberts, then is there a – I mean, is there any way that you can sort of chart this virus and know when it will reach its peak and when it starts to decline? Wow. Uh, Certainly epidemiologists are trying to do that. You know, they're modeling the the number of cases and outbreaks. There's there's actually a fantastic web page that is open to the general population – uh, at Johns Hopkins University, and it, it basically is tracking the coronavirus reported cases, confirmed cases, uh, how many people have recovered, and how many people have died, and they have a breakdown according to country, uh, and you can view that uh, live any time of day, and you can sort it for different countries or regions or uh, even even like for the U.S. or for different regions of China, so... I would recommend that people look for that. Uh, look for COVID-19, Johns Hopkins University, uh, and they should be able to find that pretty easily. Well, actually, if you're watching us on Facebook right now, New Mike has it on the screen. So you, there can, you, go. you can go look and look at the total confirmed cases and just be educated about what's going on. Yes. Well, Dr. Roberts, thank you. We appreciate uh, your knowledge and your common sense and wisdom about something that uh, could quickly get out of hand uh, if uh, media has its way. So thank you for your for uh, following a, a more a normal, rational course of thought. You're welcome. And please, uh, everyone, do keep Psalm 139 in mind and uh, remember to pray. Pray for your own family, pray for your neighbors, and pray for the nation. Very nice. Dr. A.J. Roberts from the ministry Reasons to Believe. Take a break and come back and uh, stick around. we got chunks ahead. It's that time of the year at the Springhouse in 84. It's dairy farm tour time. That's right. We actually invite classes of school children to our real working dairy farm. The children love feeding the calf, milking the cow, and even seeing where the cows sleep and smelling what they eat. 
Many children today have never even touched a baby calf, nor have they associated the wonderful cow as the source of the milk that they get from the grocery store. At the Springhouse in 84, we are so committed to teaching children about farming and helping them understand how much the city mouse and the country mouse truly need each other. Call 228-3339 or have your child's teacher set up a date for your child's classroom farm tour and let us share a little of our farm with you at the Springhouse in 84. Choosing your child's school is a big decision. You want more than a great education. You need an education partner with high academic standards who respects your values, offers a safe place to learn, and where your child is known individually. For 35 years, Eden Christian Academy has provided ACSI-accredited college preparatory academics and a strong spiritual foundation of character and faith for students in preschool through 12th grade. Schedule a personal tour during Admissions Week, March 9th through 13th. Learn more at EdenChristianAcademy.org. You know, spring cleaning doesn't just mean the deep clean you do around the house once a year. You may want to do some tidying up for your business's digital marketing, and Salem Surround can help. We give you all the right tools to surround your target audience and turn website visitors into website leads. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your digital presence and learn how to get your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. Upwork has the world's largest network of proven independent professionals, and I have an alphabetical list of them. Accountants, administrative assistants, animators, architects. You get the point. When you need in-demand talent on demand, Upwork is how. I get this warm feeling every single time we have special needs patients in our office. Their needs are not that different from anybody else. Spending the time with that patient is very rewarding to me. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. The world of church construction is rapidly changing in today's safety-conscious marketplace. If renovation or new construction is in your future, don't miss the Worship and Facilities Conference, designed to answer the critical questions church and business leaders need to ask before they build. One day only, March 31st at the Bible Chapel in McMurray. Hear from experts in architecture, construction, banking, audiovisual, plus facility safety and security all in one place, 815 to 4, presented by Salem Media Group. Registration and details at wordfm.com. State police are looking for a person who stole a $350 sewing machine from Joanne Fabrics in Greengate Center, Hemfield Township. According to state police, the unknown person took the machine from the store's Viking Sewing Gallery sometime between February the 14th and February 22nd. Now, we don't usually talk about, you know, common crime here on crime the ride home. right. Here's the deal. Do you have a sewing machine? Yes. Do you have a sewing machine? We have two. My wife had a sewing machine, and when her mother passed, she took her mother's. If you go to OfferUp or Craigslist... Or you, Marketplace. Yeah. You will see literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, many for free, sewing machines that are just being given away because that generation has passed, and not many people are sewing like they used to. So the question is, why would you go into a Joanne Fabrics? Why would you risk all of that to steal a sewing machine when you could so easily walk into some person's house in Munhall and get one for free? you're going to use that? Because I'd like to have it. I don't know. What's the story of the the elves who uh, spin at night, right? 
Uh, is that a fairy tale? Yeah, they're spinning. They're spinning um, for the. Well, it's kind of like the cobbler. Right, the cobbler, the the elves are working for the cobbler, and there's also an elf story where they're they're working as seamstresses, right? To that's kind of what this thing is, is that someone so desperate needs a sewing machine, and I think it's someone that doesn't know understand what Craigslist is, and also. How do you walk out of a Joanne Fabrics Carrying with a, a sewing, sewing machine? machine? And they're very heavy. Why was it missing for a week and no one noticed? Right, so they're not doing an inventory on a daily basis with sewing it. machines. I don't get it. I think you, they should pay close attention. Do you like to sew? I think it's awful. You do? Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm not one to. I'm talk. very bad at it. My wife's an excellent seamstress. I know she is, and I admire that yeah, so much. I have a seamstress that I use Dita. for projects. Yes. And if I didn't have her, what would I do? Next time you're in there, check out her sewing machine. Maybe it came to her in a backward deal. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.